When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays trail the Red Sox 5-1 in the top of the seventh at Fenway. The Stanley Cup final resumes tomorrow. Game two right here on 630 Ched. Golden Knights home to the Capitals. Vegas up 1-0 in the best of seven. The NBA Finals starts on Thursday. Golden State against Cleveland. The NBA Finals will wrap up sometime in early October. Texter to 630-630 saying the NBA refers to their games. The NHL refers to the series. My confusion with the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. And I appreciate that texter's guidance. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I'll roll with it for now. It is 7.06. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Man, this is a great story. We're going to welcome Dave Proctor to the show. And uh, he's doing something pretty cool. He is going to run across the country. And he's going to give you the details why. Dave, first of all, thanks so much, so thanks so much for making time for us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, very well. Now, you are. Wh- wh- where is home for you, Dave? I, I live down here in uh, just south of Calgary in Okotoks. Okay, great stuff. Yep. So, so you're so you're an Albertan. Uh, how old are you, Dave? Thirty-seven years old. Thirty-seven. Now, yep. man, there's so much I want to ask you. First of all, just in terms of your your passion for running and and doing the you know the ultra marathons and the long distances, where where did that start for you? How how and why did you get into that? Well, I, I started running when I was a kid. Um, when I was in high school, I, I, would, I would run track and field, and it was mostly shorter distances. But as I got older and I, 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 you know, I, I got into uh, university and I started partying and gaining weight and things, I started running longer distances, mostly just because I wanted to eat the food and, and drink the drinks that I wanted <laughs> to drink. And uh, things got a little bit out of hand uh, in the last many years. But I've been running... I've been running these ultramarathons. Uh, ultramarathons are, are described as anything further than, than a marathon. A marathon distance is 42 kilometers. And so ultramarathons can be 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, 100 miles, um, or even many, many days uh, on end of, of running. Um, and I started doing those about 12 years ago. Didn't you do something on the weekend here, Dave? What happened there? Yeah, I was up in Edmonton, well, just east of Edmonton, um, out at uh, Elk, Elk Island Park. Um, there's a really great race, a really gra- uh, a grass, grass, grassroots race called uh, the Blackfoot Ultra. Um, that was on, on Saturday, and it's a 25-kilometer loop of Elk, Elk Island Park, and you, you do it four times. And so it's a 100-kilometer race. Um, it's one of my favorite races, uh, r- brilliant race directors and great volunteers. And, um, yeah, I end up running that. I end up winning the race. Uh, well, I, you know, tied, tied the race, so we came in um, holding hands with uh, a guy named Jay Kinsella. He's a 
an incredible ultra runner from Edmonton. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was a lot of fun to to go and and to kind of go hard on on uh, on, a, on a beautiful day just east of Edmonton. Dave, I hope you don't mind me asking this because the important thing is that you're you're doing this stuff, but but yeah. you're really good at it. So, and, and I think listeners would be curious: how long did it take you to run a 100 kilometer race? Uh, I think I think my time on Saturday was nine hours and two minutes. Jeez! Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's that's amazing. So you basically did uh, two marathons plus another quarter of a marathon, about. Both there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that's yeah. amazing stuff. But, but my, uh, my 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 skill set isn't really in the hundred kilometer distance. It's probably hundred miles and plus. Um, you know, my my skill set is, is normally the twenty four hour distance. Sorry, sorry, twenty four hours isn't the distance; it's the time. But right. the twenty four hour races, um, that's that's my wheelhouse. It's it's really the clock goes off at let's say noon on Saturday and. And the, clock, the gun will go off again at, um, at noon the next day. And, and, and really, how far have you traveled in 24 hours? So my, my personal best is, is 257 kilometers. That's the Canadian record um, that you run, you know, in, in, in the one day. Um, and that's really, you know, it's, it's, it's about pacing. It's about, um, you know, mental strategies, you know, getting through some, you know, many of those very, very ugly parts. We always talk about these, these, um, these, these these walls that end up coming up, coming up in marathons. And if you think of you know, a wall end up and end, ending up in, in a marathon at the thirty thirty five kilometer route, how many of those walls end up coming coming when you're running two hundred and sixty kilometers? Oh, uh, many of them, and, and you have to get over each one of those. And it's, it's mostly about fueling as well too. You have to eat all day as you're running. It's one of those things. If you're running a half marathon or a marathon, you don't have to fuel all that much. But us distance runners, we have to eat you know full on sandwiches, hamburgers, pizzas while we're running and then that's kind of fun you know it's it's kind of neat to to not have any limitations on on the food that you're putting in your mouth well dave i i mean just from talking to you here for five minutes i, I can tell you have a, a great attitude and a lot of energy which is cool and it's a great transition into uh you know the bigger story and a really important story as to something you're doing here and again people can find out more by going to outrunrare.com uh, you're going across the country, but before we get into that, can you please introduce our listeners to your son Sam and how he is inspiring this run? Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so, my son Sam is is the coolest man I know. He's 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 a pretty he's a pretty rad dude. Uh, he's nine years old. Um, he's he's a troublemaking kid who likes to. Uh, to he's gotten his, he's gotten gotten his way with the girls in the last year. I don't know what's going on there, but. He, um, yeah, he's also got a rare disease. And so um, about a year ago, we ended up getting a diagnosis for my son, Sam. And it took us over six years to get that diagnosis. Um, so that's really six years of not knowing what was, what was going on with him. And we ended up getting a diagnosis of a very, very, old, very rare disease called relapsing encephalopathy with cerebellar ataxia. It's a, it's, it's a long, long name. We call it RECA. And what that basically means is he's got a genetic mutation that makes the back part of his brain, you know, not work well. Um, so he's ataxic. So lack of balance and coordination. So the most basic of movements um, he struggles with, um, you know, eating and, and moving around and drawing and coloring and, and things like that. Uh, there's some of the things that we all take for granted. Um, and so he's been my absolute inspiration over the last many, many, many years. I, I, I can't imagine getting up and in the morning knowing very well I can I can use my body um, and I don't to its fullest 
because I, I see him and I see his struggles every single day. And I just know at the end of every single one of my runs, when 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 I'm struggling, when when it's when it when it becomes hard, I I I look at my son Sam and I think if he could do what his dad could do, he would never stop. Um, but he he can't, and and that's and that's why I won't either as well too. So I'm going to be running across Canada um, for. For the Rare Disease Foundation, um, our goal is to raise over a million dollars for the Rare Disease Foundation. Um, typically, the Rare Disease Foundation brings in about a quarter of a million dollars a year, um, and that's to fund research and to support families in Canada living with rare disease. And one in twelve Canadians is affected by a rare disease. And so, if you're thinking of, you know, the the amount of support, the amount of finances that you know, a quarter of a million supporting one in twelve Canadians. That's just simply not okay. Uh, I'm not okay with it. And I, I, I didn't know it was that big of an issue until we lived six years in that void of not knowing, um, not having that diagnosis. And so, um, in, in my opinion, um, in order to raise funds these days, you have to create a, a big, big, big circus, a big elephant, a really loud lion. Um, and I'm going to run across the country faster than any humans ever, ever done it. Um, in my opinion, I think that the Trans-Canadian speed record trumps all other cross-country speed records that are that have been uh, that have been made all across the world, just simply because Canada's huge. It's 7,200 kilometers, and I'm going to run it in 66 days. So that's 108 kilometers a day, and I believe that I have the very best and biggest inspiration that uh, that. That, that I could have. Dave Proctor joining us on Inside Sports. You can, of course, you can find out more at outrunrare.com. Dave, incredible answer, and, and man, I, I I really wish I could I could meet your son. Hopefully I get to do that oh, someday. Absolutely. What did he say when you told him you were going to do this run and that he was the inspiration? You know, it, it's really quite funny. I, I, I don't know sometimes because I've been doing these stupid distances and these stupid <laughs> runs for years, and, and so... Um, and and I, the reason why I call it stupid is because um, you know I mean, I've just come off my big training block and oh I'm I'm tired I, I just don't want to run anymore and I, but I know what's coming right but you know when when it comes to my kids you know I'll I'll be you know I'll pick them up at school and they'll say oh hey dad what did you do all day and I said oh I ran 80 kilometers while you guys were in school and they're like oh okay cool yeah I, I did this and, you know it's it's funny because it's, it's because it's that's kind of what I do and it's what's what's normal in their world but every once in a while my son kind of. He, he just leans his head into me. He's got these big, big brown eyes. Like he, he gives you the big eyes. He says, he says, Dad, if you if you ever want anybody to do anything for you, you gotta give him the big eyes. I said, Oh, okay, okay. So he, he he leans his head into me every once in a while. He says, Thanks, thanks, Dad. Thanks for running across Canada. And I, and I said, No, well, I'll do anything for you, buddy. So and and, and you know, I'll I'll go to the ends of the earth for that man. And I. And I, and I might just need to <laughs> right? this, uh, this summer. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so you're starting yeah. June 27th. You're going west to east, right? I am, yeah. So 7,200 kilometers, 66 days. So, so your average is 108K, or are you going to cap it at 108K every day? No, no. It's um, We're going to be, the longest day is 150. Okay. Um, some, some of the shorter days are, are in between 40 to 60 kilometers, simply because I want to get events. And we're going to be doing 30 different events as we travel across Canada in Staples parking lots. Um, Staples has come on as a major sponsor, and they're going to be dropping these events in Staples parking lots because, in our opinion, um, the way that we're going to be doing a lot of this fundraising is getting communities involved 
in, 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 in celebrating this. And so there's no better way to get Canadians involved and then to, to throw a party. And, and I'm going to come running in, come running in with me, bring your family, have a hamburger or hot dog or whatever, whatever we're doing that day. Um, yeah. And so, so we're, we're going to be making the route. The road is going to be essentially the Trans-Canada Highway. Um, but it's going to be kind of jetting off a little bit here and there based upon populations. So we definitely want to be putting on uh, events in major centers. And, and as well, too, safety. Um, I'm going to be running up the Coquihalla Highway and start going through the Fraser Valley. Um, the Coquihalla Highway has two massive climbs in it, and I really don't want to do that. Right. But I also don't want to run through the Fraser Valley because that's really unsafe, not, not just for me, but also my crew and, and the other vehicles that, that, that you know, spin around a, a corner, not waiting, not, not thinking that there's going to be a vehicle traveling 12 kilometers an hour on the side and, and come creaming, creaming the back of us. So. Okay, so well, unfortunately, you're missing Edmonton, but but we're going to definitely we be keeping right. track of uh, uh, what you're doing now. Is your uh, and you and well, how, how many kids do you have, Dave? And and will the family be able to come with you or be with you for any of this? Yeah, you bet. So I've got three kids: uh, Julia's twelve, Sam is nine, and and, and Adele's seven, and my 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 smoking hot wife Sharon. And uh, <laughs> so the kids are going to be finishing off their school year, um, and we're going to pick them up on the way through Calgary. And so um, nine days in, I'm going to come into Calgary and uh, pick up those kids in the second RV, and we're going to travel across Canada with two RVs um, uh, that are supplied by Fraser Way RV. And, um, yeah, so, so the kids are going to be going from Calgary over to, to St. Johnsville. They'll miss out on BC. But as, as an Albertan, we, we see BC quite a bit. Okay, you know, Dave, I, I phoned you last last week. Uh, well, I actually phoned a number for the uh, for the Rare Disease Foundation, and and uh, they passed my number on to you. So it was cool how we connected. But the original idea came from a listener named Kevin, who has texted back tonight with a question. So he 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 gave me the tip here. So he definitely gets a question. Oh, great! Yeah, he he says, Reed, can you ask Dave what type of shoe he wears and how many pairs will he go through on uh, this 66-day, 7,200K run? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that often. Um, that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, I wear Ultras. It's a, it's a model called the, the, the Torin. Um, and so the, yeah, and I'm going to be going through 15 pairs. Um, so I'm going to be running about 500 kilometers per pair. Um, and so the reason why I wear Ultras is because they've got a really wide toe box. And it's a zero drop shoe, so it's kind of the way that your body wants to hit the ground. It's almost like barefoot running, but yet you have a big cushion um, underneath your foot. And so I, I find that that's completely optimal for, for distance running, for, for anything, running anything, anything you marathon and plus. Um, you know, you, you really want the, the space for your, 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 your toes to be able to move because that's the natural position that they're going to want to hit the ground. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, 15 pairs. 15 pairs over uh, 66 days. Okay. Yeah. And how much, give me the, I, I played a little bit of your video earlier, but, but give me the, the, the calories for this and how you plan on sort of um, structuring your meals. And like you said, you'll be stopping for events sometimes along the way too. Absolutely. Yeah. So Theo Phillips, she's our sports dietitian. She and her and I are working quite, quite closely right now and we're, we're, we're playing around with tolerance. And so it's, it's really quite goofy. It's, she's telling me, how much can you tolerate to eat? Because we need, we need, to, we need to stuff uh, 10,000 calories in your, in your mouth every day. The problem with that, too, is when you're running, 
you can't your 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 stomach can't digest as much food as if you were to just be sitting there you know, or, or 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 not running because a lot of your blood flow is going to your legs or to going to your whole body system because it's trying to cool yourself down um, if it's if it's really quite hot outside so um, so every morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to eat um, probably one full cup if not more of, of stoked oats one of my favorite breakfasts and um, with a lot of honey in it as well too and probably a cup of berries and so that 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 um, that breakfast is going to just be over a thousand calories um, I've been training my body over the last many years to eat a lot of food while I'm running so I'm always going to have something in my hand that I'm eating away at like I love avocado sandwiches burgers um, you know I, I know it sounds ridiculous donuts they just they just you know they're, they're terrible for you but it's full of full of calories yeah well you're burning um, them off so it's okay oh, yeah yeah in it, yeah calories in calories out right and then i'm going to stop for lunch every day and so it's going to look like a big you know, like a blt a soup probably a can of coke um and then uh, get running again and then when i get done running then really it's 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 an eating contest um so one of my one of my good friends he ran across america last year and he set the trans-american speed record he ran from san francisco to new york city in 42 days and I don't know what you're thinking I, I run with really weird people <laughs> but um, yeah no it, it, what he tells me all the time he says Dave it's more of an eating contest than his running contest he says I was in tears many days because I just couldn't eat any more food but I had to Wow. he said I never really cried about the running I cried about eating every night and he said so just be prepared to like stuff stuff it in and when you have these little throw ups swallow you, 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 you gotta get it in oh wow yeah, and so my favorite meal is, I don't know about you, I love ribs. Uh, so I'm going to get through this probably with meat, a lot of meat. And so um, the typical meal for me is going to be about three to four racks of ribs every night. Um, and that's probably, you know, three or four baked potatoes and beans. And and um, I'm going to eat a lot of vegetables, but I'm going to probably put them in a blender and, and blend them. Just because it's a lot easier to just drink instead of uh, having to chew. Oh, interesting. Okay. Dave, this is amazing uh, on a lot of different levels. It starts June 27th. I I hope there's some way we can keep in touch or do an interview uh, when you're done. I know you're going to be exhausted, but I can tell from the text we're getting that that people are really supporting you and find this an uplifting story. Now, again, outrunrare.com. And you have a great website, too. People can learn more about you, more about Sam. And if people want to donate to the Rare Disease Foundation, there's links on that site as well, right? Yeah, there's a number of Donate Now links. Um, yeah, and so please, please, please donate. Um, the Rare Disease Foundation, it's, it's the elephant in the room when it comes to research and uh, when it comes to all the scientists and doctors in, in Canada. They say, we need to understand the things that we don't understand to better understand the things that we need to understand. And so uh, please, please, please donate. Uh, the need is great. And is that, I just want to clarify this, because I, I, your son Sam, nine years old, he's one of five people on the entire planet with RECA? Well, he was, he was the fifth diagnosed in the world. With okay, this. wow. So, you know, a thousand new rare diseases are popping up every year. And that's, the reason for that is because of um, fundraisers like this. Um, is, is, is doctors and, and, and scientists and researchers are, are discovering new diseases all the time. And what's wonderful is for every one of those new diseases that's, that's discovered, 
you're basically shining a light for a family that's that that's got a child that uh, that, that, that 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 that's really un, un, undiscovered. It's really not a good thing for for humans not to know what's wrong with them, especially for if with you have a young child that's that's suffering from from a rare disease. One stat that really stood out at me was that one quarter of children with rare diseases die before their tenth birthday, and most of which don't know what they have when they die. Oh, jeez. And, and so you think about that, and you think, jeez, you know, like. That's not fair, and, and how are we not supporting these families? Um, so, you know, this, this, is, this is my best attempt um, at gaining the attention. I'm, I'm not a very good-looking man. I know we're on the radio and you can't see me, but I'm not a very good-looking man. I'm not a smart guy, but I, but I can run. And so this, this is my best attempt at, um, at, uh, at uh, trying to solve this problem. Dave, I mean, thank you so much for coming on and telling your story, for selling, for telling Sam's story. Please uh, definitely say hi to him on, on my behalf. All the best when you get going on June 27th, and I hope we talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Reed. That is Dave Proctor checking in from Okotoks, June 27th. He starts. He's going west to east. You heard him say it pretty much along the Trans-Canada Highway, 7,200 kilometers to raise money for the Rare Disease Foundation. And he told you a great story about his 9-year-old son, Sam, the uh, disease that he has and how he inspires Dave every day. That is incredible stuff. Got a text here from Adam. He says, a lot of people talk about doing something and just leave it at that talk. This man is actually doing something great. Wish him the best. Great stuff. Good interview. Adam, thanks a lot for tuning in. That was an absolute beauty of an interview to have here on Inside Sports. We're going to take a break. That'll take you to the news. And then uh, coming out of the news, we'll uh, have a member of the Canadian rugby team in studio. Inside Sports on Chet. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Boston 6, Blue Jays 3, that game in the top of the 8th. Tomorrow in this time slot, Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final, Vegas against Washington. On Thursday, I will be joined in studio by CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, and I've also heard that the Grey Cup itself will be making an in-studio appearance on Inside Sports on Thursday. So that'll be pretty cool. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can text 630 630. Uh, the Big L says, Reed, I had some mediocre, mediocre success as a runner and have tried to do my part contributing to certain causes, but Dave Proctor is a true champion on both counts. We will definitely follow his run when he starts on June 27th. Dave Proctor from Okotoks going across the country. He's going to average 108 kilometers a day for 66 days, and he's raising money for the Rare Disease Foundation. So we'll go from a guy in running shape to a guy in rugby shape. Please be joined in studio from the Canadian National Men's Rugby Team, Gordon McCrory. Gordon, thanks for dropping by. No problem. Thanks for having me. I, I, did, I should have asked you before, sir. Do you prefer Gord or Gordon, or do you care? It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll probably go. I'll probably go back and forth. First of all, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in. Uh, you guys obviously have the big game coming up Saturday, June 9th at Commonwealth against Scotland, That's and you, and people can already hear your accent, I'm sure. So this is going to be a special one for you. <laughs> yeah. No, this is going to be a a, re- a real big challenge for us. But one thing that you know, one game I'm definitely looking forward to, having grown up in Scotland and uh, have a lot of history in Scotland, so. 
uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one. What part of Scotland did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in Perthshire, in a little town called Oxerada, um just up the road from Stirling. So okay. In the hills there. Now, was this, you know, at, at two years old, you were running around with a with a rugby ball, or, or yeah. what was the progression like? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure uh, my dad had, had me holding a rugby ball as soon as possible, but uh, I started playing mini rugby I think when I was around about four or five so I've definitely been uh, you know been been involved in rugby for a while now. Now I gotta ask you this I mean hockey is is an incredibly physical game but when kids play you say well you know you, you, you can't hit you gotta you go get the pocket lifted you can't body check it's hard to me imagine rugby though without the the hitting and the tackling and the contact. Yeah. So how do how do mini rugby players get it, or do you just learn the contact when you're four years old? Yeah, you know, so when so when I was younger, we would we would, uh, we would start with touch rugby. So it'd just be a, a touch on the hips, and then you'd have to stop, and then it'd, it'd gradually, you know, through coaching, you know, you'd learn to you know to to tackle and be involved in contact and, and get used to that kind of aspect of the game and that how it happened around about eight to nine years old in, in Scotland anyway and then uh, eventually it would come into full contact and you know that's you know it was, it was always uh, important to learn how to tackle first and get used to that contact. Were you playing other sports or was it all rugby for you as a kid? Uh, no, um, I played a bit of golf. Um, of course, right? The, mo- the most frustrating game in the world. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I tried to play that and uh, and then I played a bit of a, a bit of cricket and soccer, of course, in Scotland is the number one sport over there, so I played a lot of that too. Now, i got to ask you, did, I'll throw this out there, did you ever play St. Andrews as a golfer? No, I never actually, no. I never got to play there. I played uh, Glen Eagles, which is just about uh, right. uh, two minutes up the road from where I grew up, so I was very fortunate one time to play play uh, Glen Eagles, so that was nice. Everybody tells me it's always windy and rainy in Scotland when you want to golf. <laughs> is that true? Uh, yeah, it can be, yeah. That's pretty much true, yeah. Sometimes, so, yeah, sometimes it's sunny and, and perfect weather, but you know, <laughs> but you got you to be ready for both. Exactly. All right, but but so you, you're excelling at uh, rugby. You're growing up in Scotland. How old are you now, Gork? Uh, Thirty years old now. All right. So what brought you to uh, to Canada? Give us a story there. Uh, so I had a friend who came out to Edmonton actually in 2010, and I had a free summer, so I thought I'd come out and visit and and see what Edmonton was like. I'd never really been to to that, this this part of the world before, and I was here for three weeks and had a great time. Uh, I went back home, finished my studies, and then had an opportunity to come out and play in Calgary, and I took that with both hands and just basically came out for for the summer and you know just to enjoy my time and have have a break from Scotland I suppose and the wind and the rain as you as you said earlier and <laughs> and then uh, yeah one thing went to another and now I've been here for almost well seven years actually just over seven years that's amazing so a couple of years in Calgary and, and yeah, Edmonton ever since then well that's yeah. that's uh, that's cool to hear that that uh, you fell in love with our, our province and our city but it must have been Sports-wise, it must have been a bit of a culture shock, rugby-wise, or, or was it? Uh, well, I think sport-wise, I think um, I came in uh, when Vancouver Canucks were in the Stanley Cup final, right? When, uh, <laughs> when they had the riots and stuff, so that was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, yeah, and then uh, the rugby was just—it was just great because they play in the in the summer, as you know, it's impossible to play in the winter. So, whereas in Scotland we play in the winter and it's just miserable. So it was always nice to play on dry, sunny days, and you know, it was, it was good fun. All right. Uh, Gord McCrory joining us, member of the Canadian rugby team. And, of, uh, of course, June 9th, they're going to play Scotland at Commonwealth Stadium. You can uh, give that a Google to find out how to get tickets. Um, so tell us your journey to playing on the Canadian team, because obviously there's, I assume, some nationality mm-hmm. and residency stuff yep. you have to go through first. 
So uh, in order to qualify to play for Canada, I had to go through a, a three-year residency program. Um, so once I was in the country legally for three years, I was ineligible to play. So luckily, uh, I became eligible in May 2014 and uh, was selected to play for Canada the following month. Uh, earned earn my first test against uh, Japan in, in June 7th, 2014, I think it was. So um, yeah, no, I, I got a, a phone call from the, the coach back then, Kieran Crowley, back in 2012, showing some interest in in the in me so um you know that was definitely something when i got that phone call that i wanted to hang around and, and give it a shot because that was that was never really, really the intention to come out here and play international <laughs> rugby it was just to come out here for maybe a, a lifestyle change and just enjoy the sun i suppose but but you've yeah. kept rolling with it and we were talking during the break i mean this is this is your your job you're you're a, you're a full-time rugby player so uh you've done very well there so tell me and again we were t- when you came into the studio we were, we were just got this scotland is you know a top tier team generally yep uh the world cup's next year they're already in yep uh, canada is perennially in the world cup but usually doesn't quite make the the knockout phase and i think you said we've been ranked anywhere from 14 to 21 over yep. the last six or seven years what's keeping Canada from you know bumping up into that top tier or closer to that top tier yeah I think that if you look at all all the teams that are above um, Canada at the moment especially the states um, their involvement in uh, with a, a professional league I think is is vitally important it's something that Canada is trying to get involved with in this uh, major league rugby that, that kicked off this year in the states there's seven teams in the states that play and you know there's full-time athletes that train day in day out and then play you know every, every weekend and then you, you look at the top tier nations like England New Zealand and all these other you know, big rugby countries. They have um, eight-month seasons. You know, even nine-month seasons where guys are training full-time. You know, that's their job, and it's just something that Canada needs to get involved with. I think to make that next step, and I think you know, hopefully in the next five to ten years, that will happen. So, um, yeah. So this, this, but this, this next few months is going to be massive for us to, to get in, in preparation for this World Cup. Well, because in the fall there's a, a tournament yeah. with four teams called the Repershaws Tournament, yep. and if Canada wins, you're in the World Cup, and if you don't win that's this is the last chance or is there a second chance after no this that? is this is the last chance this is this is, this is it yeah so it, it's it's a big tournament because um if we win we get obviously get into the world cup and we also get uh, some world rugby funding um right. if we don't i'm not entirely sure i, I haven't really looked into that avenue not yet. thinking about that yet. nothing about yeah but it, it, it might have a big uh, sort of impact on funding we get um as a nation and you know that might affect what well, it probably will affect how, how we you know r- rugby is in canada I guess. so so gord what do you do i mean if we we Canada doesn't have a national league. What do you do to keep playing games and, and keep in game shape? Yeah, so uh, there are. Th- I mean, there's there's a, a club league in, in every province. Um, right. However, th- there is. Uh, it's called the the CRC, the Canadian Rugby Championship, where um, there's four provinces are involved, and we play. It's basically all, all the top guys in Canada play in, in this tournament. Um, it's it's only th- three games, I believe, which which isn't great, but it's still you know a test of of the, of the top athletes in this country. Um, and of course, we have guys in the national team who play professionally in in Europe so that's always a, an avenue to go down as well to get to get some top level rugby okay so we do have Canadian guys playing in in, yep. in Europe but like you said a national league where there's higher caliber competition consistently yeah week after week that would obviously make a big difference Gord McCrory joining us from the Canadian men's rugby team what's it going to be like for you maybe you've done it already but what's it going to be like for you playing against Scotland 
Yeah, I, had, uh, I actually had this opportunity four years ago as my second cap to play uh, against Scotland in Toronto in 2014. And uh, it's a really sort of bizarre uh, experience, I suppose. I think when you line up and you got both anthems belting out, you know, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of in, in, in the back of your head. I didn't actually sing the Flower of Scotland, but, um, I, you know, I tried to belt out Old Canada as, as loud as I could. Um, yeah, but no, it's, it's a, a really cool experience and uh, one I'm definitely looking forward to. Hopefully, if all goes to plan, to play against them on June 9th at the Commonwealth Stadium. I, I ask all rugby players this. There, there is an old saying that uh, rugby is a hooligan sport played by gentlemen and <laughs> soccer is a gentleman sport played by hooligans. <laughs> True or false? <laughs> I think well, I, th- I think there's some, some definite truth to that. There are some hooligans that do play rugby, though, which, uh, which, which, which can be fun to play against. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, most guys who play, who play rugby have uh, a huge amount of respect for each other and that's always nice to have. You know, you kind of belt each other, you know, for 80 minutes and then you can have a chat afterwards or even a beer and, you know, kind of kind of get to know your opposite position that way which is which is always nice and you got to be really polite talking to referees in rugby don't you yeah oh yeah no the referees are the boss so you gotta you gotta make sure you you know you suck up to them at some point if you want to get yep. some don't calls, they yeah. don't you guys call them sir all the time or yeah, know yeah. their last name and mr smith or whoever yeah sir is is definitely a, sir is a, de- a word you use to try and to get, can any try player talk to the referees is it always the cap that has to approach any player can but i think um referees normally like it if the captain <laughs> speaks to them well it's 30 guys on the yeah, field yeah, right yeah. so uh now what is your position gort so uh, I can play a scrum half or a uh, horse standoff at the moment. So nine, oh, nine, right. nine or ten, basically. So rugby's fifteen on fifteen. Um, if you watch rugby more and more, you see how it, how football sort of evolved out of it or mm-hmm. changed some of the rules and number of players on the field. So I, I, I you probably get sick of being asked this question by, <laughs> by uh, uneducated Canadians like me. <laughs> but it would scrum half most closely relate to the quarterback. Yeah, I think that's fair enough to say. I think uh, both the scrum half and the standoff have uh, you know a big responsibility in r- running how the team plays and um, and that and that kind of idea. So I'd, I'd say a quarterback's probably the, the best position. So you're the brain of the the team basically, <laughs> at least when you have the ball. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's very kind of you. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the hardest you've ever been hit? Oh, uh, I'd probably have to be uh, when I pl- when we played Samoa a few years ago. Um, I tried to steal the ball in a ruck, and I, I'm never ever doing that again. Because, <laughs> as you know, Samoans are big people, and uh, yeah, the, a, f- a few cracked ribs after that. So that was the end of the end of end of trying to do that. Oh, you got cracked ribs! Yeah, eh? yeah, oh, wow, a, a big one, yeah. Gord McCrory's in studio from the Canadian men's rugby team. Saturday, June 9th, 7 o'clock at Commonwealth Stadium. They are playing Scotland. Uh, can you stick around to the end of the show? i got a few more for you. Sure, yeah. Gord McCrory in studio on chat. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 6-3, Boston leading the Blue Jays in uh, the bottom of the eighth. Fun show tonight. Thanks a lot for listening. You can always text 630-630. If you uh, miss an interview or want to hear anything again, you can go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com or sign up for the Inside Sports podcast on iTunes. So Gord McCrory is in studio with the Canadian rugby team. They will play Scotland June 9th, 7 o'clock. That's a Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. You can go to Ticketmaster for tickets. That's going to be a, a great match. Gord was telling the story of growing up in Scotland, uh, learning rugby there. Obviously, 
becoming extremely proficient with it since you're on a national team. And uh, and now you're going to play against Scotland on that Saturday. For the second time in your career, you'll play against Scotland. Um, rugby's 15 on 15. There is now rugby sevens, and we had uh, Jen Kish recently retired, played for the yep. women's rugby sevens team. They they got a medal at the last Olympics. That was a big story. That's caught on with a lot of people. Uh, what do you what do you think of the rugby sevens? I think rugby sevens is a really really cool concept. I think it's you know it's it's um, a, a game that anyone can watch. It's it's short and sharp. I think it's it's very exciting and. And dynamic, so you know it's 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 really enjoyable to watch. Um, to play is a different story. Uh, I think with all that space and and less less players, you you've got to be ultra fit to play it. And, right. uh, there's lots of running, and it's it's a, a lot of fun if you're fit. Not so much if you're unfit. But um, no, I think uh, you know it's a, an Olympic sport now. Um, you know, there's a lot of it's a great way to introduce the sport of of uh, rugby to to the people. Well, and that's and I think I mean let's face it, you've lived in Canada, like you said seven or eight years so you know the the struggles for any sport that's not named hockey sometimes mm, yeah. to, to get fans yeah. or viewers or listeners and uh, you know I, I know a lot of people like the rugby sevens or a lot of people says I, I watch rugby when the World Cup is on and people are or people are going to go to the game at Commonwealth and cheer for Canada because they want Canada to do well but there's always going to be that well I'm not sure what I'm watching I'm not mm. sure what that penalty was was for I mean what's if, if you're a relatively new rugby viewer especially if somebody's going to go in person yep. you know next Saturday what should they, what should they be watching for what are some keys where they might where the, you know you might turn the light bulb on them for for them a little bit well I think um, with 15s you know there's um, the games evolved around the set piece so a scrum uh, a line out you know and all these, all these kind of have different plays you know but I think the best way to to learn about it if you're unsure and, if, and it, especially if you're at the game on June 9th is to ask ask the person next year and I think right. there's, be a, there's, there's going to be a great <laughs> rugby community there with, with lots of guys you know who, who, who know what's going on so I think it's a great opportunity for guys who or um, families who are not sure about rugby to go along and, and, and learn about it and, and you know and really just have a, a good um, fun time because with all those uh, players on the field mm-hmm. um you know, let's face it; it can look a little chaotic sometimes. But I mean, but you as the scrum half, yeah, there are like you know all the options every time you're getting the ball. Yeah, I think um, I think the best thing about rugby is that it's a, a sport for anyone, any shape or size. You know, there's right. guys like myself who are the smallest guys, and then you got guys who are 120 kilos plus. You know, who are running around smashing things. So you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's definitely a game for everybody. And um, and I think um, you know the best thing about playing in June as well, especially in Edmonton, is that hopefully it'll be a nice dry evening, and you know it'll be a nice exciting game. The ball will be thrown around, and there'll be lots of running and breaks and tries and points, and you know it'll just be a great a great evening of, of sport. All right. So between now, sorry, when's the Repostraws tournament? It's in November. November. Yes. And where is it? I think it's in France. It's in France. Yeah. Between now and then, besides playing Scotland next Saturday, what what are you, who are you guys going to be playing? So we have uh, after the Scotland game, we travel to Ottawa to play Russia. Okay. And then the weekend after that, we travel to Halifax, Nova Scotia to play the States. Um, and then I believe there might be a couple of tours um, in August. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but um, just you know to get some some game time together and gel, um, you know, to make sure that. All the boxes are ticked for that Repsharge tournament in, in November. Now, is Russia in the World Cup already? 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I but the states is probably already. The yeah. states are yes, yep. The okay. States are in, yeah. So you're playing some really good competition then yep. to get ready for this tournament. Yep. Okay. So uh, I think Russia are ranked 19th or 20th. I might be wrong. So they're they're just ahead of us. So um, yeah. So and then the states are I think 18th now. So okay. So you're all in that same yeah, area. Yeah, all in that kind of, kind of same area. So. All right, you can go to Ticketmaster.ca to get tickets, uh, and I, we'll talk more about this next week as well. Saturday, June 9th, Canada, Scotland, Rugby, Commonwealth Stadium. Gord, thanks so much for coming in. No problem. Thanks that is Gord McCrory, Edmonton's own on the Canadian national rugby team. You also heard from Dave Proctor tonight, Eskimos analyst Blake Dermott, and Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. The studio producer this evening is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. Oh, and don't forget to get more on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. Hockey game tomorrow, game two, Golden Knights and Capitals. I'm back on Thursday with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.